Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 154th film. It's from 2019. It's a drama. It's called Good Sam. It's directed by Kate Melville. It stars Tyre Sakar, Chad Connell, Marco Grazzini, Jesse Camacho and Mark Camacho. I am Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for another... We're doing Friday morning film chat with 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 you. Yeah, it's um, it's a good time to catch up and um, talk about a, a movie that we've watched from Netflix that <laughs> we probably wouldn't have watched without the show. That's very true. This is like this is my social outlet, to be perfectly honest. Like at the moment, because we can't do anything or see anyone. At least I get to hang out with you for forty five minutes a week to chat chat movies, and I look forward to it. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a nice way to actually see someone's face and communicate, and um, yeah, not feel too lonely, <laughs> even though uh, um, you know we're still not able to see each other. It's, it's been a while. I I can't remember the last like I think we mentioned it's probably episode one hundred was the last one we did together. I think it was, and there was obviously times in between there where we could have, but like never for more than like a few weeks at a time where we're really out of any kind of lockdown. Yeah, most locked down uh, city in the world. So. We, um, are we number one now? Yeah, we. I think we have. We've overtaken it, haven't we? Okay. Well, I know we'll, we got up number two recently. We've already done over like 215, 220 days or something. And to be honest, we're still a couple of months away. So, yeah, we're, we're... we're breaking all kinds of records. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's get into this movie, Good Sam. And we start our show off with our fast flicks, where we give a quick little summary. Um, and we'll probably put it out there now. This uh, this film we're probably going to spoil throughout this chat. It's going to be hard not to. So if you did want to uh, see Good Sam, um, give us a pause, come back later and go watch it. But MJ, give us your fast flicks. Yeah, well, fast flicks, this probably isn't quite a spoiler, but it's hard not to say all these sort of things in a fast flicks, basically. <laughs> yeah. A TV reporter tries to uncover the mystery of a good Samaritan who is dropping bags of money on people's doorsteps. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. It's just a dedicated reporter tries to track down a good Samaritan who's giving cash to those in need. Um, mm. So we've watched the same film. We've got the same gist. We know what's going on. It's a good start to the show. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very, I'll be honest, it's a unique premise in that sense. That Obviously, there's really only one way to define it, and that's how we've defined it. Yeah. I've never really seen a movie like this, so it's. I'll, I'll give it that straight away. Yeah, obviously, I haven't watched a lot of those uh, Hallmark uh, movies or the, the, the midday movies. Um. I guess I'm talking real specifics, right? This is basically yeah. just people are just getting money for nothing. Yeah. Uh, you've piqued my interest already. Good. All right. Well, let's, um, let's, and this one might be a little bit tricky, but we like to try and work out how this film uh, came to being on Netflix. What, what have you found out about this one? Yeah, this is 154 films, right? We've done on this podcast. This is almost the, the toughest film that I found to actually find any kind of information, but. I could tell you that it's based on a book by Edit Meserves. Interesting name. Edit Meserves, yep. Um, there's actually three books in the Kate Bradley section or Kate Bradley kind of story. So she's our main character in, in um, Good Sam. But So this is basically, from what I can gather, just based on the first book, which is called Good Sam. And then we obviously, um, she, uh, the author obviously follows on a few more stories with, with our TV reporter, Bradley yeah um, and, uh, and looks like still like I think the, the third one was only came out 2020 so possibly some more stories to come as well well I wonder if um yeah it looks like the first two books would have been written prior to this film being made and then the third book came out when 
as you said, 2020. Wonder if Netflix saw that there were two books already about Kate Bradley and thought, well, if this if this sticks, we might have something here. Um, and they probably do. It's not like I can't imagine, not that I found any information, but I can't imagine this is going to cost them too much to make. Um, but Tennessee, apart from that, I can tell you that it premiered on the 16th of May, 2019 on Netflix worldwide. And I can also tell you that uh, two of the characters, as you probably alluded to in your casting, David and Josh, who was the, uh, David was the, the sort of TV exec or the editor of the, uh, the newsroom. And Josh was uh, Kate's cameraman. Mark Camacho, Jesse Camacho, father and son. So I found that quite interesting, um, working together. They had a few few scenes together, so that would have been fun. Yeah. That's all I could tell you. Yeah. There's a, yeah, I agree. There's not an awful lot. Um, I guess the I tried to work out, and obviously we've mentioned this, there's those two extra books. So that idea of the sequel, and I think the, the final scene of this film maybe sets it up uh, fairly well in case it did succeed with... Um, this character dropping a coin sort of saying this coin and from what I can gather on the coin it's like Robin Hood so it's like that same idea of giving um, or taking from the rich and giving to the poor Uh, the only other things that I've got in my usual little um, things where I translate into other (laughs) other countries so um, there's nothing too uh, humorous here this time it all ties in closely with what we've already sort of mentioned with our our fast flicks anyway but in Greece it's called who is the good Samaritan um in japan yep. it's called gift from good sam in oh, yeah. poland it's just called the samaritan in russia it's called looking for the good samaritan in turkey it's just called charitable which is okay and then um vietnam it's called the mysterious gift uh so, so not, I, i'm okay yeah. with all of those titles yeah they're all um they're all fine for a change, which is good. Uh, I did get the tagline. You know what got me, though? Yeah, oh, yeah actually, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to go. The tagline uh, for this one, it's a two-sentence one or a 2.1, and it's Ooh. it says, follow the mystery, discover the miracle. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That says what it's got to say. That's talking to the right audience. I'm okay with that tagline. Okay, good. It's um, a very corny <laughs> one, but yeah, sure. Yeah, it plays into the film. And I was saying what, what got me was um, obviously I knew the film was called Good Sam. I spent the whole first probably like 20 minutes trying to catch people's names. I'm like, who's Sam? You know, <laughs> when are we going to meet Sam? And uh, I enjoyed the fact that where they're like, oh, Good Samaritan, Good Sam. I was like, oh, you got me. I was trying to outsmart the movie and the movie was like, come on, we're not going to give it to you that easily. It's probably uh, something that they've put in to try and remove too many religious connotations to it as well for a, more of a mainstream audience um, as well. The, this was filmed in Canada, in Quebec. So obviously it's supposed to be New York, but um, yeah, I think they did a, a pretty good job of making it feel like you're in New York City anyway. It's a really good point. Yeah, they certainly did. All right. Well, what, what are the critics and the, the general population saying about this one? I think the first thing to mention about all of this is is how few ratings I could find available. Um, IMDb had the most. They only had 2,700 ratings in its entirety, which is a very, very low base. But still, you know, 2,700 people watching a movie is a good enough idea to find out if they liked it or not. That's a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, Not too bad. Probably just under par. Letterboxd, as we often see, is a bit more tempered. Uh, It's a 2.4 out of 5. Uh, and if you look at the the graph, it does sort of skew to the to the lower scale of the graph on, on Letterbox. That's off nearly thirteen hundred ratings. So again, very small, very small amount of people seem to have seen this film and rated this film. But then I also just wonder whether this is the sort of film that people who are wanting to rate movies 
probably aren't the ones watching it. It's just the people that just want to watch a movie and go, this is my sort of movie. So maybe it's got that going for it. Netflix ain't going to reveal the numbers, but uh, yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good point you make because, yeah, I, I don't remember seeing any sort of publicity or push for this one at all. So it's probably people that have just come across it and gone, cool, I watched it, I'll, I'll log it somewhere. Um, yeah. And this, I've got the Rotten Tomato uh, results here as well. It sits on 50% from the critics. That's only on six reviews. So that does push it into the rotten category. Uh, and the audience, it's fresh for the audience. It's at 66%, but that's also on um, less than 50 reviews. So, yeah, as we've mentioned, not a lot of people have seen this one. Six critic reviews for Rotten Tomatoes is more than what I thought. <laughs> yeah, because we have had ones that have been like one or two reviews. So um, mm. it is it is definitely more than we have um, seen in the past, that's for sure. Well, let's lead into our early thoughts on this one. What, what are your, your thoughts on this film? Do you know what this movie was missing? <laughs> this movie was missing a countdown to Christmas because this was a Christmas movie without <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and I thought it really early on. I'm like, so this is what Christmas movies feel like when it's not actually December. Um <laughs> And I'll be honest, the charm on me. I kind of liked it. As, as much as you can like a movie like this, it was, it was the fluff piece of movies, which is ironic because there was talking about a new story that was a fluff piece. But um, nothing bad ever really happened. And, and you're kind of overexposed to these stories of good happening. Uh, and that sometimes that's exactly what the doctor ordered for a streaming service like Netflix. Good, nice. Um, I'll, I'll carry on from your point about Christmas too because I think realistically for me, this is the, the first Netflix original that we've done that's not a Christmas film that really feels like it's a made-for-TV movie. Um, the, the, the positive, I guess, is that the cast are all pretty good. Um, the message is nice. It's just the, the super low budget and the cliche um, types of things that we see throughout the film. It just makes it so obvious that um, it's, it's really hard to critique this without being like, this is the target audience. This is what we were trying to make. And I think they probably achieved what they were trying to do. It's a good point. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some characters. Hit us off with our main character, I guess, Kate. Let's, let's talk about Kate Bradley. Um, yeah, she was fine. I think, she was believable enough, and I don't uh, respect the tires to car because she didn't really overdo it. And in these kind of movies, it's very possible to really just overdo one part of your character or another part of her character. Like she was obviously a very driven and hungry journalist, and hungry for the right reasons. She wants to break news because she thinks these stories are worth telling. And but her skepticism for obviously selfless and commendable behaviour isn't overdone. She's not this massive, like, Scrooge-type character who's coming from a long way back and we need to transform her, transform her belief in miracles. And She's just naturally sceptical. And it gives her a tiny little arc to add to her character at the end, but it means that throughout the whole movie, she's still just a kind of normal, believable, relatable person, which they could have made her just this absolute Grinch of a character who, uh, there's no way people would be this good, but she's just like, yeah, I don't really believe it. And that kind of worked, I think. Rather, And I think this is probably a sentiment for the, the entire cast is that none of them really do overdo the roles which i think can be an issue with these sorts of films sometimes where they're just going in all guns blazing so that's that kind of worked for me with kate you've, you've kind of turned me a little bit i guess a, a, about her as a character <laughs> because i think the point you make is that yeah it's a really good point that we don't see the overacting or the over emphasis or the the complete um you know 
one end or one side of a character before that big transformation. So uh, that's that's a nice way of putting it because <laughs> I, I, I this is probably my least favorite character in the whole film. Um, right. I just, I just, and it was mainly to do with the situations or the the traits that they'd given her in relation to her job and her family and and things like that because the way that she was a journalist really frustrated me, um, you know, not backing up the sources or, or getting second opinions or following up anything. And, you know, she's claiming I'm objective the whole time. It just, it just really put me off when mm. uh, I just wanted to see her commit to something. And I guess that this is, was further with, there was this sort of rivalry that they tried to create with this veteran Susan in the, in the work um, force where she was at. And, it just wasn't even fleshed out or, or there wasn't even an opportunity to see her really succeed or um, like, I mean, you have this nice little scene where everyone's like, yeah, congratulations. You've done a great job. But it's like, well, why even have that rivalry in the first place? Like it doesn't, it doesn't add anything further to her character and, and the the relationship with the dad. I mean, it's again, like, why do we need to see a dad who's like, you need to follow me in politics and, and do what I do because if you do do that, that's okay. But then that gives her emphasis to be, even more of an empowering character in her profession that she's in. But I just didn't see that. Um, I would have liked to have seen that light and shade, I guess, with dad wants me to do this. I'm doing this for a reason. And this is why. And I just feel like they didn't push that line when they could have. Yeah, maybe not. I, I kind of got that. I, she did feel very empowered and she did feel very independent. And, uh, and even hard working, I know the idea of checking sources. Hey, looking at that bank statement, mate, I was convinced. Like, what, what more do you want to check? He took out four hundred grand. He took out four hundred <laughs> grand again. That was that was rock solid evidence. I know. <laughs> I do know what you're saying. Yeah, they could have hammered it home a bit more, but I think I don't know. Maybe I was just feeling generous, and it, it kind of worked for me that they didn't overdo it. And she did feel like because she did certainly feel hardworking, dedicated, driven. And the whole thing with politics with her dad was more a throwaway. Like, oh, I wish I'd have gotten into politics. And she's like, well, no, I didn't want to because I'm doing my own thing. And that, that, that's enough. That sort of works for me a little bit. Good. All right. Who, who have you got next? I've got Jack. Um, I'm probably going to be too positive with this as well. Because to be honest, the tiny little twists around Jack worked for me. Like, something felt a bit off about him and, I didn't like how forward he was trying to just date Kate the minute he met her and just assuming that she will go out on a date with him. But then there was also a part of me that suggested that this could have been like a classic cute meet and that he was actually this insanely good guy with no agenda who just happened to be the subject of the story that she was following, but he actually really liked her. And I was really relieved when he was slowly revealed to be a bit of a snake because it linked up with where my emotions were and it confirmed my suspicions. And I actually think that little tricks the wrong word because it is just a standard ploy of how you want to portray a character and get the audience feeling the way you want them to feel but it worked for me because they tricked me to think that in a normal rom-com like this or not a rom-com is probably a bad word <laughs> but like a normal sort of fluff piece movie like this this could have been a cute mate and i was like i don't want to be a cute mate because i don't like this guy and they're like well that's what we wanted you to think we wanted you to not like this guy but be unsure and bang kind of worked cool i yeah uh, i that first meet, and I, I think it, it's a good point you make about it, not being a cute meet, because this was almost like pushing the boundaries of what harassment <laughs> what is. Like it? it was yeah. it was almost like like so like just that constant communication and pushing and like rewording what you're saying about like, come on, go on a date, go on a date, go on a date. Mm. And I guess that leads a little bit into um the later reveal of him, you know, aiming for politics and, and a little bit of of the types of people that do that. But I, I never thought for one moment that this was the the type of character that Kate would end up with. So it, it just, 
um, you know, because of how silky clean this film was, I guess that this is the this is the type of villain that you get. And and like you said, there's nothing bad that happens in this film, um, so you can't really make him too much of a, a poor character because it doesn't fit in with the rest of how the film flows. So I appreciate how they've done that, but at the same time, I just um, wasn't on board because I didn't uh, believe that it, that were going to end up at all anyway. Yeah, you're not really going out on a limb where the biggest evil in this film is about a guy who's kind of just manipulating people a little bit <laughs> to get into politics. Because any, any, when you break that story about what he did to get into politics, most people are like, oh, yeah, he's, he's no good. And that's kind of, it's done. Like, there's no other way around it, but it sort of just felt like, and that, I, maybe that's comforting as well, that there's no big, awful scene where this guy's like blackmailing her or like you know kidnapping her dad or it's 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 pretty it's pretty squeaky clean with with how bad this film gets i can just tell from the tone of your voice that you got on board with this film so it's nice it's good to see <laughs> it's it's true i did yeah all right who you got next i've got eric our um our firefighter they he's probably one of the more understated romantic interests in a movie like this um I guess that's what I've been talking about. I, I, I guess that's the point of someone who would anonymously drop off big wax cash to people. You need to figure out what sort of person is that. Well, it's not someone who's going to be, you know, really trying to steal screen time, to be perfectly honest. But I actually didn't have a lot of strong thoughts either way for him. He probably didn't drag me in as much as he could have, but I, I appreciated his understatedness. And with that, but with that said, I, I think you probably want the title character of a film to pop just a little bit more because he really was super forgettable. Yeah. You put that really nicely, that, that forgettableness of him being this character that we, we see him multiple times and, you know, they're trying to highlight he, he literally fits in with who this good Sam is. He's saving people mm. from buildings. He's doing the right thing. So it was kind of, <laughs> when she rocked up on his doorstep at the start, I was like, and we, we worked out he's the fireman and he's the guy that's, you know, uh, wants to make things better. And uh, it just, I was just like, okay, well, th- there's no real big reveal here for me um, as we're moving on. So, but do you want to know where the money came from? Um, I guess I, yeah, I guess, I guess I sort of did want to know where the money came from, but I guess the, the reveal of that wasn't that groundbreaking no, it anyway. It was, it was just like this, you know, my, my brother left me a boat when he died and I used the cash from that. And I was like, okay, that's, it's nice. And again, it just goes, it's fine, yeah. yeah, it goes into his character of, of doing the right thing by others. So I agree with what you said that very forgettable. Mm, you're right. It, it was so obvious that it was going to be him, but then I was also like, but has this guy got half a million dollars to sort of drop around for, uh, for no reason. But again, I mean, yeah. it was a pretty nice apartment he had. So I was like, you know, firefighters get it. must get a good wage. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a lot of good. I, mean, yeah. I think he seemed quite high up at the, at the fire department. Yeah, true. Uh, any, anyone else? Fire, the firemen do get paid all right in general. Oh. I think it's they put their lives I think on the do. line. So. Yeah, and they should too. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Anyone else you want to talk uh, about? No, not really. I, I did. <laughs> Josh, uh, the cameraman. I just I liked him. I liked his investment in the news stories. I liked how he felt like he was like part of the team and him and Kate were sort of on this together. And maybe that was just another comforting factor of this film that, you know, she was never on her own with her, their stories. And then similar with David, the, uh, his dad in real life, but the, um, he actually felt like a TV editor. Like he, he fit the role perfectly. 
also had a real Paul Giamatti feel to him. I think mm-hmm. his voice sounded the same as Paul Giamatti. But yeah, I just like those guys as well. Yeah, I I just um you might disagree with this on Josh the cameraman, but it he's the sort of character you expect to be like that comedic relief. And I don't know if this is this was like me just having those expectations and feeling a little bit let down, but I felt like there were a lot of opportunities for him to have like some one-liners that like sort of came back a bit more that were a bit more humorous, but it was like they didn't even try with it. And um he's just like almost just a little mini bouncing board and that was that was how i felt about him um but and, and with that's the, a really good call yeah like you could you could have had you know some good laughs in this it would have pulled yeah. this up a bit um and it, the same with the the tv boss i think that they could have done a little bit more about how he actually respected um respected her in her role because there, there's that one scene where you know he's he's feeling down and having to tell her about the you know doing the crappy um the crappy jobs and he said something about, you know, something big is going to come for you. And I, I liked that line, but I would have liked to have seen him do that throughout the whole way. I got the vibe there was that sort of support, even like a father figure support from him all along. He was hard, but he was always, he could, you could tell he could see the potential in it yeah. and, he, and he, he, he liked her as a worker. Mm. Very true. All right. Um, the director, Kate Melville, this is her second feature. Um, she did a film called Picture Day in 2012, Nothing else really except some producing roles on a couple of big TV shows like Orphan Black and uh, Degrassi, the second generation or the next generation. Yeah, so sort of around, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with her. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to some scenes. What are some scenes in this one that you enjoyed? I liked it when, when we realised that, what was his name, Jack? Yeah, when Jack didn't do the first 400 grand. Because the pieces were start, start, sort of starting to fit. Because he seemed off. But then it also made sense for him to do it. Um, and the way it was all explained kind of worked for me. The fact that he was a copycat and he got the idea for it. So he still sort of did it. And he, when, when he explained himself initially, not saying that he was a copycat, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, all these pieces kind of fit into place a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it kind of thing. Uh, and he's obviously got the money to do it. But when it, when it sort of started to reveal itself that he didn't do it all and he was still a snake, I was kind of like, this is good because that's how I feel about him. And you're actually, it's making sense why he would have done this. And it's making sense why I thought that things were off. Like it all just kind of from a story perspective actually fit in really well where Sometimes in a movie like this, you're not expecting the pieces to fit so nicely. So I was I was actually impressed with that. Do you reckon like the the scene where he goes to the the first person who receives the cash, the the Spanish lady, um, the Hispanic lady? Um, do you think that that was a good move in the film to have him go and do that when, it, or do you think that was just a plot device to to prove that or get the audience on board knowing that there's something wrong? Because I just didn't sit right with his motives, I guess, because he wanted to be there for the people and it just felt awkward. Uh, oh, sorry for yeah. I definitely was a ninety percent plot device, but yeah. also I, I got the vibe that he didn't really, not that he didn't know that he was doing. He was just kind of doing the press press with her and thought he'd bluff his way through it. Yeah, and he, he he sort of almost did bluff his way through it enough. It was obviously that was when we first realised that Kate was onto him. Um, but then as an audience member, if you've got half a brain you're sort of onto him as well. And that, but that was kind of when I started to realize, okay, we're going to find out what's actually happening here because things did add up, but there was something off and then that explained it nicely. Yep. Um, there was a line from Eric when he was explaining why he gave the money away, which I really liked because it was, 
it can be really hard to justify that they have to get this right for this movie to work. I think about why this man is actually giving away 400 grand or 100 grand to four different people. And when she said like, well, why don't you just give it to them? Like you don't have to be so secretive about it. And I like that he said they do what they needed with it. Um, if they weren't weighed down from where it came from. And I thought that was really good. I thought, I mean, people would probably reject the offer most of the time if you came to them with that kind of money. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a movie and all these people did really good things with that money. But I, I, yeah, I like the idea that if you did get that sort of money, not knowing where it came from, you would do things differently. And I guess that's the idea that this film's trying to explore is the, the old good Samaritan, but also, you know, doing good for the sake of doing good for, with no other agenda behind it. Um, and I like that. Excellent. So the final thing that I have, which you mentioned is the, the ending, you know, potentially um, tying into what could be a sequel about what's happening with the story. But I, I kind of liked it more as that this whole pay it forward notion that is going on in this world uh it doesn't actually end with the movie is, is that there is a lasting legacy of this goodwill behavior of this good Sam behavior. Um, and if the movie had ended like with a nice scene in the park with them finding love with each other, that's fine. But it just gave it another little kick by saying, you know, this movie is about people doing good things. And we just want to let you know that good has inspired good in this film and it's going to continue. And I like that. Nice. Very nicely put. All right. Um, so I thought the final scene where Kate and Erica are chilling in that park and like you mentioned that, you know, the lead for the sequel almost, the camera sort of cranes up and has this awesome view of the city and, and finding out that it's not New York, it's in Canada. Um, I think they did a really good job with that. So excellent. What are some things that you don't like about this? <laughs> I love it when you have one thing that you like about the film and you talk about it as if like you're about to list off all these things and then you just stop. Uh, uh, yeah, comedic relief. There you go. I could, I could have been, I could have been the cameraman in this. Uh, um, look, this film had so much. Uh, it was very corny, very fluffy. But there's very few things I just, I flat out didn't like, and I think that's why it kind of worked. Because a film like this, where um, it's, as you said, low budget, it's a corny plot line. You get these scenes every now and then, which I'm sure you're going to name a few, where you're just like. I can't handle that. That is just too off. Like you, you've got that so wrong. That's why I didn't really get that much in this film. It did annoy me. This one, one scene at the start when she's talking to Jack, it's like, oh, you didn't get into politics. And, um, and she said, no, no, breaking news is much more honest. And I'm just like, at this day and age, maybe it's just an Australian thing. The people who are breaking news are almost as bad as politicians these days. It's, it's, uh, it's really dirty. It's almost, journalism is almost a dirty, um, profession at the moment with people just breaking incorrect stories and trying to be the first one out there so when it, it, it was a bit on the nose when she said breaking news is more honest than politics <laughs> I reckon they're almost both as bad as each other at the moment <laughs> um, that's all I had ah, yeah um, I, I know I only had that one scene and I'm the same for the forget that like you mentioned that it's hard to identify specific things that you like or don't like in this because it's it is it's that everything sort of that the same type of feel for a scene. So it's really yeah. hard to distinguish between them. So um, the one part that did annoy me was where Kate and Jack did that big interview on TV and, you know, it does well and everyone's congratulating them. And they're like, you know, they want to do a national broadcast um, at 6 PM tonight. And they're like, well, you know, we'll sneak off for a quick dinner and then um, 
the camera people follow them. They get into a car and then Jack's a super creep and cracks onto her. And then she's like, I want to go home. And he drops her off home and that's it. I'm like, Where, where's this big national broadcast that we were going to do? Um, that just annoyed me. I, I know. Like, I think that interview was going to go on at 6 p.m. Oh, they're just going to replay that same interview. Well, I think that was just the local news. And then it was going to go nationally at 6. Uh, I thought that I would just sneak it up for dinner so they could come back and do another one. Um, but yeah, uh, nah, you've, nah. you've probably got me wrong there. That's good. Okay. Well, there you go. That didn't annoy me as much. Um, <laughs> and the last one was like Eric um, explaining his brother's death. And, you know, that was, that was nice. And that, that sentiment about him feeling like a failure because he couldn't save him. Um, I just really couldn't stand her response where she was like, you know, uh, you may not think you're a hero, but I do. It's like, oh, yeah. just, just one of those really lame lines. Yeah, that scene nearly, it, it didn't quite hit its mark, did it? Like when you're yeah. talking about a man who is just like this guy that everyone should love about how his brother died and he couldn't save him, that scene really could have could have hit home and it, yeah, it didn't really at all. No, not at all. All right, so what is this movie trying to say? And I think it's pretty in the face and I think we've mentioned it a lot already, but t- tell me your, your, your take on it. You're right. It is really in your face and... It's still just refreshing to to me to have a film that is so heavily based on doing good with no agenda. That is what this film is covering. It's covering a story about someone who's doing good for the sake of doing good. And then that leads perfectly into the idea that good breeds good. And it's, it's hard not to watch this film and not want to do something good yourself, not want to have your own little good Sam moment because just there's just nothing stopping us from doing it apart from ourselves. And uh, yeah, I, I, as, as puffy as this film was, it definitely it definitely got me thinking about that. I don't even know if I want to say anything because that's just so nice. <laughs> it's, 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 it is um, nice. Yeah. It is. It's, it, and, you know, that idea, I guess, underlying what you've mentioned with doing the right thing is that idea of faith too, I guess, because you've got that whole idea of the Good oh. Samaritan and, and they keep talking about miracles and, and hope. Um and that idea of selfless versus selfishness as well, where we can be better versions of ourselves by doing the right thing. So um, I, I think it's very hard to take any other takes, uh, maybe a little bit about politics being a little bit dirty and, and um, you know, but that's about it. So I, I think that mm-hmm. if that's that one true message that they're trying to push in this film, I think it comes through very, very strongly. It does, yeah. It's hard to miss it. All right. Well, what did you take away from this one? I mean, this film is perfectly placed on Netflix um, and, and it benefited from the fact that it knew exactly what it was. It, it, this was this was fluffy and it was, as I said, it was a fluff story about a fluff story covering a fluff story. Like it was, it, it knew exactly what it was, but it wasn't over the top. And that's that's kind of what I liked about it. I was worried when I read the, read the synopsis and started watching this film, like, this is going to be too much for me, but it, just, it it felt very grounded in reality for what it was, and um and that was good. And I said, perfect on Netflix to just a, a quick, easy conversion, and and all of a sudden, yeah, you you could be feeling better about yourself or about the world. Yeah, I, I'm very similar. I think it's like if you're in the mood to sit down and watch a, a pretty simple narrative where you don't really have to think too much, and you're not going to be offended, and you, you want a nice message out of it, then this is this is probably a good watch. That's it. Did you go onto IMDb at all to check anyone out? I technically didn't because I, I know her, but I, I I did, I don't know, like Taya Sakar, who plays Kate, main character, I, I IMDb'd her recently um, 
and this is a very obscure one in her career. She's on like one or two episodes of of Greek, the TV show, which is one of my favorite TV shows, which I rewatched again recently. Um, and she when she was on an episode there, I'm like, who is this girl? She's really familiar. So I IMDb'd her, and I really haven't seen her in much. I think I just probably watched her in Greek ten years ago when I first watched it. <laughs> um, and then when she popped up here, I was like, oh, there she is again. So that's that's kind of all I wanted to say. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I had a um, I had a bust. I looked up um. Josh, the cameraman, Jesse Camacho, because he just had that really familiar sort of face. Mm. Um, maybe like John Candy sort of face. So I don't know, like, but uh, yeah, bust, nothing, nothing that I, it was in Deadpool 2, I think, but um, oh, nothing yeah. that I could say, yeah, I remember you from that. So yeah, yeah. Nah, no good for me. Um, question time. Did you have any questions about this film that you wanted to ask? Uh, I do have a question for you specifically obviously you're the only other one on this call so it's good that it's for you have you have you ever witnessed a good sam moment whether it's been something that you've done or something that's been done to you or you've just seen someone do and someone's just gone and done something for the sake of being good two days ago i got a lovely box on my doorstep full of chocolates and wine and cookies from um wow the the wellbeing team at, at my school, um, just to say oh, thanks, wow. for, thanks for all the work that we're doing during our lockdown here. Um, so, yeah, it was it made my day. Imagine if it was a bag with like a sideways eight on it, you, your heart would have stopped. <laughs> I mean, like, what a week to do it in. Uh, what about you? <laughs> I had, and I'm, I had this experience, it's probably over 10 years ago now, and I was in McDonald's drive thru. Uh, and it was a morning. I think I'd had a big night the night before, so I was just getting some breakfast. And I got to pay, and the lady's like, oh, the car behind you is has just paid for your for your food." I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And I like turned around. I I couldn't really see them, um, and I didn't know them. And I'm like, oh. I, I said, "Oh, I don't I don't even know them." She's like, "Oh, yeah, they just wanted to pay for your, pay for your food." Oh. And that was that. I didn't have that's to nice. pay for it, and it was done. Like they didn't get anything for it, and I just thought, "Geez, that's a, what a nice thing to do." You know what? I've never done it done back, it back. To someone else. So I think that when I watch this movie, I'm like, maybe this is my time. Maybe I should go to Macca's and uh, and pay for someone's food in their drive. I bet they get it. Oh yeah, they've got a seventy five dollar meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, you've got to hope that it's not like a van full of like ten kids <laughs> right, with ten, bucks. ten happy meals. And... <laughs> but yeah, it was what a lovely thing to do. And it's funny in this day and age where your your mind goes to like what's up something's not right here like it, it that, and i think that's the world we live in and that's what this film is trying to take away is that there are people that are just good for the sake of being good but your first reaction is oh no nah, i don't know because my first reaction was oh someone knows me and they're just you know saying g'day and i didn't know them, and i'm like what's why are they doing this and then it, i guess if you just allow yourself to think that people are just good for the sake of being good it's uh it's a nice mindset to be in because i'm certainly not in that mindset every day oh that's a really good story that's um yeah yeah, I like it. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like leaving big bags of cash on doorsteps in New York City, is this a good idea? <laughs> yeah, especially when the doorsteps, uh, yeah, feel like they're about four steps away from the footpath. Yeah, <laughs> um, thought that as well. Yeah, you, you sort of want to be pretty sure that they're gonna come home soon, or at least open their door soon, or yeah, no. Yeah. It's, we'll let it go. I remember when, like, yeah. I was in New York one time. Like, we were just walking home from Times Square back to the hotel one night, and like this homeless dude just like jumped out of a rubbish bin, scared the living daylights out of me. Like, that's the, my, like there. There are some interesting characters around New York City, so um, I just found that it was a it's an interesting city to choose to do it in. But I guess that that builds into the idea of um, 
you know, that city can be a good place. Um, mm. Another one for you. One of the, one of the characters they're doing like this uh, TV report asking, you know, people on the street, what would you do if you got the cash? And I think one of the characters says, yeah, if I got a hundred grand, I'd take the family to Hawaii. Surely living in New York city, you'd probably have bigger dreams than that <laughs> with a hundred grand. But, Oh, well, that's that's a good question. What would you do if you got a hundred grand right now? Go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. But I, I don't know. It's just it's just like a that's going to another state. I don't know. It'd be like us being like, yeah, I'll go to hundred grand. I'm gonna go up to the Gold Coast for a weekend. Like, I don't know. It I, is, but Hawaii is so much better than anything that we have access to near us. And Americans don't know that there's much of a world outside of America half the time. So. Wow. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought um, that, that would only and take Hawaii up like, that take up not even like, you know, five grand of a hundred grand. Like, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I thought it was a, you could use that money on a lot more than just a trip to Hawaii. Yeah, you definitely could. But if you could go on a trip anywhere, maybe that's the best place I can go to. Hawaii is great. So it is. it's still it is. great for Americans. Correct. Uh, last last bit, and we've touched on this throughout the whole episode pretty much anyway. Do you reckon Netflix are going to green light a sequel? I don't know. Obviously, it would be based on the numbers that they have internally, that they have access to, that we don't have access to. My gut is telling me that those ratings numbers have to be somewhat reflective of the small amount of people that have actually watched this film. Yeah. I think you'd be hard-pressed having a sequel for something where people haven't really seen the first one. If they did do it, I don't think they'd stamp their feet up and down about calling it a sequel because whatever it is, it could probably stand on its own anyway. Um, And you want people to think they can stumble across it and watch it without having to watch the first one. Yeah, true. I mean, if you like thinking about it, this probably would have cost them a mil, maybe two, not even. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, if they're after, and obviously they're they're pumping out a lot of a lot of films. They wanted a cheap make uh, and market it, like you said, as as a different, not necessarily as a sequel. I, I couldn't see why they they wouldn't. Mm. I guess I guess a lot of it depends on how good that second book is. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm not in a rush to read it, so I'll, um, I'll let someone <laughs> else tell us about the book. Uh, all right, I think we're ready to wrap this one up um, and bring it all together to give it a rating out of five. What are you going to say for this one? I'm surprised. I've talked so glowingly about this. <laughs> Maybe I was just in the right headspace for it, but I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, as I said, the movie knew exactly what it was. It didn't overdo or oversell anything, and it had really positive messages, basically trying to inspire, inspire people to make the world a better place. So it, it was just really hard to actually ever get mad at it, despite its shortfalls. Um, so I'm giving it three stars. Nice. Very good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with this type of film. Like it's, it sits in a basket of, there are heaps and heaps of films that are exactly like this, that don't get that mainstream appeal because they're made for specific, specific audiences for specific cable networks in America or straight to DVD releases, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it just needs to be done in an engaging way. And like, you know, the, some of the Christmas ones we've done, I've really enjoyed. And um, yep. you know, there's similar, similar sort of setups, but for me, like it, it just, there's nothing in this one that stands out from the story. Like it's just a very simple story where the, the characters for me didn't get to see an awful lot about them. So it, it's hard to sort of recommend it. Um, I mean, there's been worse Netflix films that we've done. I'm not, not saying this is the worst Netflix film we've ever done, um, but 
you know, things like mascots and things like XOXO <laughs> and, and things like those sorts of movies that we've covered a long time ago, that they tried with a little bit of creativity. They tried to do something a little bit different or a style or some humour that just didn't work, um, whereas this one didn't even attempt with uh, any humour, I guess, and that, uh, for me, would push this one up. So um, I think that <laughs> it sits like as this film that should be like playing in the early hours of the morning on like the Christian um, cable network in America or something like that. So uh, one and a half, <laughs> five for me. I was like, where is this <laughs> yeah, so going? I'm, I'm just rambling. I'm just like, uh, one and a half, one and a half. <laughs> I have never, I never expected you to, and I've never heard you bring up mascots in a slightly positive light. <laughs> I feel like you were trying to use mascots as an example of what they should have done. At least mascots tried with something. Like this didn't try with anything other than what was expected. Jesse, what did you give mascots out of five? 0. 0.5. <laughs> I'm even, pretty sure one. you gave it a zero. I'm sorry, I'm sure you gave it a zero. I did, I guess, a zero. Because letterbox don't let you put anything under 0. 0.5. So, yeah, I did. I gave it a zero. That you was gave it a zero. <laughs> and now you're using it as like, oh, I just wish they had a, taken a leaf out of mascots' book. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Time, times change. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, it. So I think that gives it that gives it a two point two five, which pretty much sits where it sits on everything anyway, uh, which is good. Uh, as usual, it's, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. We do have our mm. social media pages: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give our posts a like if you can. Um, question, and I think we've probably done a question like this about one of the films somewhere. But what would you do with hundred k? We've already answered that ourselves anyway. Oh, I did anyway. I don't know if uh, you had anything to add. Yeah, look, it's so hard in a world where we can't travel. <laughs> travel, yeah. But I would like, yeah, another, yeah, traveling would be would definitely be part nice. of it. I'm just trying to yeah. think of things I want to do around the house as well. Yeah. There's a bunch exactly. of things I want to do around the house. 100 grand would go very nicely. Exactly. So um, we are back again next week. We have a sci fi film for 2019, and it is Ooh, called hello. See You Yesterday. It's directed Ooh, by Stephen trippy. Bristol, uh, stars Eden Duncan Smith. Dante Critchlow and Astro. So sci-fi film for Astro. next week. Yeah, Astro. That was the name, Astro. A, sci- um, a sci-fi film starring Astro. I like it. Yeah. We have not had many sci-fi films. We, we, yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Because we had a couple like mm. in a really small gap. Early. And then, um, yeah, we've, we haven't had anything since we did like Tau and How the World, World Ends and things like that. So oh, Extinction. Yeah. We had it. We had it. Yeah, we had it. We had a little, oh, extinction. Um, a little right, yeah. bunch right there around the hundred mark. But um, we got yeah. like Ark and Central early on, but not many. Yeah, obviously um, Cloverfield, yeah. Cloverfield Paradox too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is uh, a sci-fi. So I am very excited because I don't mind a bit of sci-fi. So yeah, I'm looking for a bit of change of pace. To be nice. Yeah. Um. As usual, thank you very much. It's been um, a good chat, and I'm glad that you enjoyed this one. I'm glad I enjoyed it too. And, and I actually really enjoyed talking about it, which was uh, even better. Yeah, it was nice. And I think you uh, gave me some nicer moments to reflect on. So win-win situation. There you go. That's what you want. I will see you next week. You certainly will. <laughs>